I thought that bumblebees were just like big male bees that lived in honeybee hives. Oh, just asshole bees. That's, that's unbelievable. <laughs> I don't know why I find these so funny. I just giggling. Welcome to Muttering Pines, the show where we fumble our way through the outdoors and try and do stuff with our hands. Well, once again, it's one minute past and Scott hasn't joined yet, so cheers. Again, another cheers without him. Fuck that guy anyways, right? He's probably forgotten. There he is. Hi guys. Sorry I'm late. Well, no, we were just saying. It uh, at one minute past we give up and we crack a beer. So <laughs> you've missed it. So again. So yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, fair enough. I, I I bought one of the new M1 Macs, like the new MacBook Pros, mm-hmm. and uh, I bought it refurbished. I've never bought a refurbished computer before. I don't know why I haven't been doing that for years. The, it it's fucking new. Oh, that's interesting. Because I was looking at them and I'm like, ah, I I don't really have the five grand to put out there for a computer right now. Oh God, yeah, I did not buy anything that high end. I don't do anything that fancy. I bought a 14 inch with a with a 10 core processor. 14 inch to make up for your six inch? To make up for my four and a half inch. <laughs> you just bought those extra 10 inches. Yeah, that's right. Isn't that how it works? <laughs> Not bad. It was my uh, second to last day at work tomorrow. The last week we had like a great big work party and it was f- super fun. I ended up in Chinatown until like three in the morning eating steamed meat buns. Oh yeah, that yeah. sounds like it's code for something. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it, it starfishes? Like... Yeah, <laughs> I was also out till three eating steamed meat buns. <laughs> if you know what I mean, in Chinatown. Yeah. No, no, not in Chinatown. I was, I was, I wasn't anywhere that classy. Um, okay, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard, but there is a major. I would almost say a. A worldwide crisis going on. Uh, a war. I don't know if you've heard of this war, it's had uh, pretty bad consequences, millions of deaths. And I'm, of course, referring to the war waged by winter on bees. <laughs> uh, I was that reading was, that it was. That was proper terrible. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was reading that the it was basically this year was a perfect storm of bad weather and mite breeding conditions that has basically caused uh, in Alberta alone like forty to ninety percent loss from bee makers and upwards of ninety percent in like Ontario. Oh my god! Yeah, this one article I was reading a guy not a guy it's like a full on operation has eight thousand hives and uh, this year seven hundred and ninety five of them were salvageable. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been amazing, just just proper amazing for those people. And you, Matt, because you also are as a book I have for Wilder says a bee man. I'm a bee man. I uh, I am a bee man. I have about only twenty colonies. But is that the same as like a hive? Yes. Like a box. I have twenty boxes full of bees. And I was fortunate to go unscathed in any of this issue really? for whatever, whatever reason. Not everybody got hit, but there's, 
definitely some some hardships out there with a lot of people. But you had no no issues. No, no, not myself. That is unbelievable. Well, I do my best. Here they come. <laughs> How many I, bee puns can we pack into this motherfucker? Uh, oh, this is going to be unbelievable. I have a hard time imagining bees being vulnerable to things because I'm afraid of being stung all the time. So what are the mites? What are these mites that are breeding? Uh, the Varroa mite is what they're referring to. And it's this shitty little, it looks like a flea but you can see it's like the half the size of a pinhead type thing. And it feeds on the bee itself. It latches, latches onto its back and it just kind of like a vampire. It sucks it to death and it doesn't necessarily kill it. It doesn't like uh, uh, pull all the liquids out of its body, but it weakens it. <clears throat> and a Varroa mite breeds itself by laying eggs inside of the the cells where the the baby larvae are being laid. And oh. so when a bee is growing up, it's a larvae in an uncapped hole, like a of a honeycomb cell, for like 10 days. And on the 10th day, the bees will cap it in in wax. And what'll happen is the, the varroa mite will jump in there just before they get capped and then feed on the larvae. And that is, it's, it can't be the, the bees on the outside of the larvae because the cell is capped. They can't do anything about it and they don't really know anything about it. But the, the bee inside the, sh- the cell is being weakened and hurting and doesn't form properly. And so it doesn't sound bad if it's just one, but there's, you know, thousands of mites. And on a daily basis, they're killing off all the newborn uh, bees or making them too weak to be valuable. And so then the, the hive will just collapse because they have no bees left to create heat or fly or collect nectar and stuff like that. So the, the whole colony just one day will age itself out. They'll just become old bees, start dropping dead, and there's nothing left of the hive anymore. So how long does that whole cycle take with the mites? Uh, like how long does it take for a mite to grow or for it to kill yeah. a hive? Yeah, for it to destroy a colony like that. <clears throat> That is more relative to how bad the infestation is, but in a really infested hive, it could kill it in a, was it bees will live for six weeks? So probably like two months, three months, you could kill a hive. Holy crap. Is it hard to tell as the keeper that it's happening because the bees don't die? You do what they call mite washes. So you collect samples and you wash them in alcohol and the mites drop off and you put them through a filter. And so you can just do a count. Every, every single hive out there has mites because they're that bad. They're everywhere and there's nothing we can do about them. So it's how bad the mites are dictates the beekeepers uh, uh, what he's going to do for if he's going to treat, if he's going to kill the hive or, or what. Now there is chemicals, there's insecticides you can put in there that'll kill the mites, but that all costs money and it's not great for honey production and you can't usually do it with the honey boxes on. So it's, I don't know. It's a, it's a balancing game. Hmm. That's uh, that's crazy that they're always there. And didn't, I didn't know that, that uh, there are always these little mites in there. The thought of that gives me hives. 
<laughs> and on that note, I think we're done. That, that was the episode. Best yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, not everywhere in the world has these mites. There are certain areas that are free of them, like Australia's mite free. Apparently, wait, wait, there's a bug Australia doesn't have. That's yeah, the that's only weird. one. That's the only one yeah. is uh, that mite. But they probably have something else that's awful and worse. Uh, like everything else. Yeah. Uh, the mites came from, as far as I'm aware, Africa, where Africanized bees are. And they mm. have the ability, because they're those are real asshole bees, they have the better ability to fight them off. They're more aggressive, more better at cleaning. Do they clean through heat? Is that, like, do they burn the mites out or... Because I know that uh, the bees will get together and they'll just start vibrating and create enough. You know, I, I don't know how African hive actually cleans itself of the mites. I just, that's what I was told that they're from that area and the, uh, they're just more prepared uh, biologically to deal with it. So if, if they cook them with heat or they're just better cleaning, I don't know. Um, when you were talking about it affects honey production, uh, I, I was doing a little bit of reading on bees. Um, because I know nothing about bees, and that's why I chose this topic today. Uh, but what I read was it takes nectar from about two million flowers to make one pound of honey. I uh, wouldn't be far off. I don't think if that's not true, I would believe it. That is bananas. Two uh, million flowers. That because how? So how many bees are in one of your colonies? Like in a hive? Something like. I think a full colony will be 50,000. 50,000. And how much honey do you get out of a... Uh, you could, you can get, uh, what is it, six, like something like 200 pounds off of, off of a hive. You can get more, you can get less. It all depends on, on what they're doing. But yeah, it just goes to show how many flowers are actually out there. So that's 400 million flowers. Yeah. So in a, in a pollination yard... If you're doing like, say, canola or something stupid, you'll have um, at least 40 colonies side by side, all doing the same job. Yeah. And they're all, they'll all produce each of them 200 pounds of honey. So whatever your number was, it's like there's a shit ton of flowers out there and they don't get them all. And that is um, that is also to help the canola field as well, right? Yeah, it's forced pollination because there's nothing else that can pollinate that many flowers because there's so many flowers. Yeah. I don't know if I ever asked you this, but what, what made you get into keeping of the bees? It started as a, an intriguing hobby. I was just interested in it because it looked relatively cost effective. I didn't need to uh, own a big tract of land. I didn't need to do anything. I just have like one or two in my backyard. And uh, like most people say, when you get into this beekeeping hobby, it quickly balloons out of control and it goes from a very cost-effective hobby to something that quickly consumes up all of your finances. <laughs> but that's any hobby, I think. Yeah. And it's, it's so scalable. Like you, you can do one hive or you can do, you know, 8,000 hives and it's, it's all the same equipment. It's just quantities and knowledge. I find it interesting that you were intrigued that this was a hobby because like Scott, my, I just wouldn't because I feel like I would just get stung and that's the last thing <laughs> I ever want. I'm just, Matt, I think you're very brave. What was more interesting about it rather than like, I wasn't in it for saving the bees because that whole 
line is a load of bullshit. Um, the, the manipulation you can do with them, you can tweak them. And like, it's like kind of having small cows, small cattle, you can do what you want on a smaller scale. And yeah, I don't have to own a tract of land or become a land baron to play with farm animals. But yeah, the stinging isn't exactly fun. How many times have you been stung? Not too many. I usually, I wear my suit all the time. I don't, uh, I don't dick around and try to try to prove that I can get near them without any protection, but I don't know. I've probably been stung a dozen times or so. Not, not too many. So you've killed 12 bees. Oh, I've killed many, many more than that. <laughs> well, you were telling me earlier this year or at the end of last year, you, like you, you dropped one of your hives and they just like swarmed. Yeah, they were really, really upset. I was trying to put them into winter storage and I, I went to them indoors and I was doing it by myself and I picked up a hive, tried moving it. It uh, didn't go well and it dropped and these bees came out and they were less than impressed. And in the cold weather, when I was trying to do it, they're not great flying, great at flying, but they're still just as mad. So they crawl and they crawl up your pant legs and they sting your fucking calves and your shins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you wear long socks and you wear tall boots because they still are very angry. And then duct tape around the top. And that's like, uh, I, would, yeah. I would put three suits on. I think it's, it's really incredible where those little fuckheads can get especially when you think you're bulletproof in this big vest and you're like, Oh no, I found you lowered your zipper by a quarter inch. <laughs> hey, wow. that's how you can get your extra inches. Scott. Thanks. <laughs> Throw a couple of bees in there and swell it up a little. Get my, yeah. Get my dick stung. Oh, get my dick stung big. I so, couldn't imagine how much that would hurt. <laughs> I could. That's why I don't keep bees. There's a, there's a thing you can do like, uh it's bee it's bee sting treatments bee sting therapy you the stings will uh, what, what's the proper term it like keeps inflammation down so like it's good for joint health and such i think i read something about this like bee venom being good for arthritis or something like that a mm-hmm. while ago. yeah yeah it has something to do with it fucks with your body's natural immune system and how it attacks itself for arthritis hmm. yeah you can keep your keep your hands moving as a older person or in Darren's case, just middle-aged person. (laughs) (laughs) So you just have to get stung all the time. Yeah. Like you could go and be dumb and kick a hive or you, you can just go grab a couple of bees and push them against you and they sting. It's probably why you got arthritis Darren is because you're not keeping bees. That doesn't make sense. So if you went to the doctor, that's what he'd say. So you've been keeping bees and you'd be like, no, he'd be like, well, that's why you got arthritis. Yeah. That's your problem. Keeping bees. (laughs) <laughs> yeah actually you could you could start keeping bees now and all the costs associated would be a write-off towards your medical health yeah. to come off your me- your health benefits charitable donation to the arthritis society of canada or something mm-hmm. well i also read that when you buy honey you should buy it from a local bee person man keeper um because the uh, the honey produced by the, the the bees is obviously contains enzymes and stuff that are local to you and actually help um, boost your uh, 
immune defenses or whatever against the stuff in your immediate environment as opposed to, you know, buying honey from California or somewhere that has no relation to where you live. I hadn't heard that before. Sounds like one hell of a book you're reading. Is it called? It's called TikTok. It's the TikTok world. (laughs) Yeah. I've heard that for, for allergies, but it wasn't honey. It was through bee pollen, like carrying pollen, like pollen that had been harvested by bees, but not, I guess, processed by them. And people like put it on their cereal, but um, it, I guess it needs to be near you or it doesn't work. So I actually, well, I actually heard it from a, a, a bee keeper at a farmer's market who was selling honey. So it could have just been a, I could have just been duped. And did you buy honey from him? No, because I get honey from you. So yeah. In vast quantities. But I was like, that makes sense. And that makes me feel better about getting Matt's honey because it means I'm going to be fucking impervious to everything. <laughs> we have it's basically like that... super soldier serum. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, we, we have a friend that another friend that keeps bees and like a small quantity. And she gave us some honey from her hive and it tasted like clover, like the way clover smells. I couldn't get over how much it tasted like the, like one specific flower. So does the honey that, that your bees produce, Matt, does it taste distinct in that same way? It tastes like ass. Yeah. Cause I'm near it. <laughs> <laughs> You're not no, the, uh, no. Cause they've been crawling up his me, pants. That's why the honey yeah. tastes like ass. <laughs> no, you definitely, you can, uh, different times of year, different seasons, you can taste, uh, significantly different things. Um, I don't necessarily harvest any other, any other time than just once. So, uh, but you can, you could harvest early in the spring and get dandelion flower. Or if you put your bees near alfalfa, you can taste alfalfa quite distinctly. It's really nice and sweet. And uh, yeah, so like you can, you can totally tell from different types of crops, what they've been eating if you have a palate for it. But if you have like an apple tree in your backyard, it's not apple nectar that those things are getting it's just whatever there's not enough not enough flowers to justify collecting any honey off of one tree or even you know a half dozen trees right because there's like darren said the the number of flowers you need to get to get a pound is millions yeah that's that that's crazy so what kind of bees do you keep then man i know there's different types of bees but do you have like a specific type that you went for uh well, when I started, I just ordered bees because I was not knowing what was what. But there are all different sub-varieties. Now, at the end of the day, they're all honeybees. They're all, um, I keep just regular, normal honeybees. There are sub-varieties where you call them like the Russian bees or, <clears throat> anyways, they're all the same at the end of the day. They just have, some have slightly different traits. Some are uh they're better at being docile and gentle. Some are better at honey producing. Um, and some are now they're, they're breeding them quite extensively for this Varroa mite and how they, they can keep them healthy, even though the Varroa mites here to stay. So when you buy bees, there are, there are types of Queens you can buy, which are like say a Russian or a Carniolian or, or something like that. And I just, I've just been kind of trying a little bit here and there, but I don't really notice any difference one to the other. Hmm. So I have 
I have some California ones, some, they call them the Saskatraz and, uh, why do they call them that? That's a great name. They're crossbreeding them. And the Saskatraz was as far as I know, bred in Saskatchewan. So it sounds like a snowboarding company. Well, yeah. Like, is it, is it like California bees and, and Saskatchewan bees? Saskatraz? As in Alcatraz? Like Alcatraz? Yeah. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I, I really don't. There's so much of that out there that I just don't get involved with because I'm not, not far enough along in my knowledge yet to really say, but I, hmm. I do a lot of YouTube watching and, you know, reading on what other people are, are saying is good and bad and whatnot. And the, the only thing I can say, if you're going to buy bees is buy them locally. Don't import them from New Zealand mm-hmm. uh, for no other reason than the bees that are here are designed or have been bred for this climate. Right. So you can bring them in from New Zealand and they'll be good. But the reason that these ones are good here is that they've been tweaked slightly and they just be, they winter better. They just handle our shit. So do you, would you breed bees, Matt? Are you that far along? And how do you even uh, fucking do that? Well, that's, that's where all, I come in. All, all, all you do is uh, <laughs> play some very white music and you set the mood just right. And you open up your pant legs and let them crawl up there so they can fuck in your calves. <clears throat> no, I, I, uh, I breed Queens, but I don't do any like specific breeding. So when you do a queen breeding, you, you pull a queen out of a hive. So it's queenless and it instantly starts a, uh, it really wants to make it queen. So you, you put eggs in cells, you line them all up and they turn every one of those cells into a queen. And then you have queens that you can put in other hives. So it's not, it's not rocket science. You just, just a little bit of skill in putting an egg in a little cup. Oh, wow. I would have thought that that was like just a fucking lottery and yeah like how do they do that how do they just like oh i'm gonna make a queen this one's gonna be a queen exactly like yeah there would kill for that they'd be like well, i'm gonna have a girl <laughs> uh they're all girls except the the drones right so yeah there's a lot of boring stuff with queen with uh with beehives and stuff but the ability ability for them to do what they do is fascinating especially when you learn that you can manipulate that and you know, tell, tell a hive you want to make a bunch of queens and they'll just go into queen production mode and you can fuck around with it. That's insane. Um, obviously, you got bee boxes, but you also need like a suit unless you want to get stung all the time. And yep. then you welded some shit when I was at your place last time you were showing me. Was that a, was that a smoker or? Oh, my, uh, my oxalic acid vaporizer. Yeah. The thing that so one of the medications you use to kill that mite is oxalic acid. Oh, okay. And you need to heat. It's a powder or like a crystal. You need to get it really hot. And then it turns into this really shitty white vapor that hurts your lungs really badly. So you need to make something that can vaporize it. And that's what I, I did there. Oh, okay. Take a, an electric heating element and a little controller to turn a cook pot into a super hot little oven thing. And then you shove that inside the beehives and it puts that shitty crystallized powder into the hives, which kills the mites. Doesn't affect the bees though. It doesn't No, It's weird, (laughs) but you get one little whiff of that in your lungs and Holy hell, it hurts. Really? Yeah. So oxalic acid is basically, it's the same stuff that's in rhubarb leaves. So if you eat rhubarb leaves, you're going to get really sick. 
That's right. You can't eat rhubarb leaves. Yeah. Well, yeah, I never knew why. So that's why. I keep forgetting that. Do you just eat rhubarb leaves just for fun? Every day. As a salad. It makes me so sick. I feel awful. Sitting there munching (laughs) on my Holding on to the rhubarb stalk. He's like, you're eating that rhubarb upside down. Shut the fuck up. I can't hear you over the sound of my stomach falling apart. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, But you also need a a smoker though, right? And that's to, it it, like makes the bees docile so you can get, get in there. Is that right? Yeah. So what it, what what the smoke does is it tricks the hive into thinking it's on fire. And so they go and they fill their guts up with honey in preparation for leaving. And when a bee is fully <laughs> occupied eating food, it uh, is docile and it doesn't care about you. So that's, that's the only point of smoke is that it, it distracts them, makes them fill their gut up, and then you can manipulate them and fuck around with them. So Other than that, they, all the guard bees come out and get mad at you. So then you have like a, a window once you start smoking, like that time's going to run out. Like those bees are going to fill up on honey eventually. How long does that take? Uh, they don't really ever fill up because the hive never goes into a mode where like it's being destroyed. It's not like they all just leave. Oh. You are, you're in there like you're doing whatever you're doing if you're pulling a frame out or two. So, you know, I've been in hives for half an hour and if you smoke them, they'll go and eat and then they're like the smoke goes away because you're doing stuff they'll come out of it and then be pissed off and you can just smoke them again. And they're like, Hey, it's time to eat again. And they just, yeah, <laughs> that's not, not the smartest things. <laughs> that's just like but. Scott. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, I'm hungry. Here, Scott, smoke this. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm hungry. I'll have that. I love oh, that. Yeah. Jeez. I got the munchies. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. That's exactly what's going on with those bees. Yeah. You're getting just high as fuck. Back. What kind of smoke are you putting in there, Matt? A little CBD? A little, little, little indica? A little indica strain? <laughs> Some purple curve. Would you, would you say they're getting a bee high? Yeah, bee high. That's right. There you go. Darren can't be the only one doing bee puns. No. Yeah, I wish I was better at them. I don't want them to suffer alone. Don't worry if we drone on long enough. Uh-oh. Oh, ah, I got another one in. So if I wanted to, or not me, let's be clear. I don't want to start bees. Yes, you do. Your arthritis says you obviously need it. I'd, I'd rather seize up like an old engine. <laughs> um, but if a, <laughs> if, um, if somebody, somebody ever accidentally stumbles across this and starts listening and is like, yeah, I want to do bees. Um, yep. How hard is it to get started? And what are the, like Cole's notes of like, I want to be a bee man. If you want to start bees, you you don't need to know anything if you're adept at learning. Uh, if you're not, go find somebody that does. And you you basically you purchase a, a nuke, which is a, a mini colony. It's a five, say like a five frame colony. And you buy a couple of boxes. Each of those boxes have about 10 frames in them. And you put that nuke inside of a box and you just leave it alone. And as the beehive grows until it fills the first box, then you can add the second box. And usually there's enough honey in the second box where you can harvest some your first year. That's the Coles notes. That's how hard it is to get started. And it's not hard. 
the idiosyncrasies of doing this is learning how to keep the bees alive. And that's by far the hardest part because of the, uh, this mite and the other shit that they get exposed to. You need to learn how to treat with the, the chemicals, the, the medicines and stuff. And when is more hard to know than how to treat. It's easy to put it in, but you need to know that, you know, it's, oh, it's beginning of August. Things are starting to happen. You need to start acting. And then you put them into winter. Hopefully they make it through the winter. In the spring, you got to treat as soon as they come out of, out of winter or they will be dead. And, and knowing when to put your bees out for the year too, right? Like if you put them out too early. Yeah, then you do kind of what I did and you, they freeze. So then you got to put them away again. But it's, it's all that shit. So it's not hard. It's just easier if somebody who's done it a couple times can help you with the timing. That's, that's the big part. I didn't mm-hmm. have that my first year and I lost, my bees died. Cause I didn't, I thought it was just like, Oh, I'll just do whatever. And I was wrong. So then I had to go buy more and I did those wrong. And now, now that I got the handle of it, it's, it's taken some time, but the only way to learn it is through trial and error. Like you, you can't just read a book and have become like uh, a person that has 8,000 hives. That's not how it works. Cause it's, there's so many little things to it. And then if if you want to get started, you have to start in the spring, right? Spring or early summer is the best. Yeah. To get local bees in your area, in Alberta, at least, uh, bees aren't, won't be ready locally until sometime in early June. If you get bees before that, that means they came in from somewhere else. As a rule of thumb, they they would have come in from BC or possibly brought in from like New Zealand or Australia. Hmm. So Scott, why are you scared of getting stung? Are you allergic? No, I just hate pain and bugs. He's just a pussy. Yeah. I hate pain and bugs. Can I bring each of you a little thing of bees and you can just get stung and just see what it feels like? No, no I've been stung before. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, but not under a forced condition. Yeah. Where I <laughs> take a jar of bees and I smash them in your living room. Oh, you're right. Now that you say it that way. That doesn't sound <laughs> as bad. <laughs> it'd be less of a surprise i guess so would it make it worse or better worse because the anticipation you said you were getting your your bees ready for for winter a, a little while ago what does that entail when you pull the honey off them when you're harvesting it you're basically taking all their food away so you need to give it back to them in the form of sugar so you got to feed them sugar water make sure that they get bulked up enough in weight so that they have enough food supplies over the winter. And for me, I winter my door, my, uh, my bees indoors. So I have a, uh, an insulated shed with a temperature controlled heater in it, which keeps it above freezing, but not much more. And so the, they don't go through the, the highs and low temperatures that they would if they're just sitting outside. So they, right. they're better chance of surviving. And that's why I think my bees survived this last year. How the fuck do wild bees survive our winter? I don't know how anything survives our winter. Fair. They don't. Honeybees aren't from here. But there's so honeybees, so they have to, though. Well, if humans weren't dicking around with them, they'd all be dead. No. Well, okay. So there were no bees native to this region? What the fuck nope. was pollinating this area? <laughs> Natural bees. Natural bees are not honeybees. They don't make harvestable honey oh so like bumblebees yeah i don't know the 
sub varieties, but yeah, there's all different types and uh-huh. man, those things, they can live here cause they know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. So I, I don't like, I would like to know how even they survive the winter. What do their hives even look like? Bumblebees live underground. Really? There are. Yeah. Huh. That's some shit. Uh, you know, the giant bumblebees, when you see like a, a bumblebee flying around, then you see like one that's twice the size. The yeah. Zeppelin, that's, they call them. that's the the queen. Yeah. That's the, the the big mama queen. But then you see one that's bigger. So which one's the queen? Like, they just. The, the biggest one is the queen. There's all different types. There's like leaf cutter ones. And they there's some that were like burrowing into the siding of dad's house. And they just live there. Wow. They're natural. So the, the whole bullshit thing about the bees are dying and we need bees. No, we don't need honeybees. We need natural bees. And natural bees are all going away. That's the thing. Oh, my God. Okay, this makes so much more sense now. Okay, nobody wants is... to keep natural bees. Right, because they don't do anything for you. So This is, okay, this is how ignorant on bee shit I am right now. I, until just four seconds ago, I thought that bumblebees were just like big male bees that lived in honeybee hives. Oh, asshole bees. That's, that's what I unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I find these so funny. I'm just giggling. Because <laughs> if you get if you get it just right, it stinks. Yeah, it does sting. And then it dies because that's what happens when bees sting; they die. Is that true? That's true. Yeah, they're the out. opposite for wasps. Wasps can sting and bite as many times as they want because they're assholes. They are assholes. Yes. But bees, um, only the females can sting. And when they do, they die. It's like the the original (laughs) murder-suicide. Yeah, I'm going to leave a piece of me in you so that you remember me. I'm going to kill me and then you. Uh, One of the times that I was stung, um, the, the venom sac was visible on the outside of my skin and you can yep. see it it's a little nerve like doing its thing to push venom in that just blew my face off it's pumping and pumping and pumping it's totally it's awful. fucking you beyond the grave yeah 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 necrophiliac little bastard i uh when i started first getting stung i would swell up really badly like not everywhere but localized and so i don't like getting stung weird but uh as i've gone on now i uh i still swell up really badly and it hasn't changed so i just just kind of go on with it but you don't have arthritis do you no no i do have gout though <laughs> that's a different type of bee i think this is a natural bee stinging will get rid of gout for you <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it more natural bees less gout <laughs> yep. um when you're setting up your hives or colonies matt uh i was reading and I wonder if you do this too, but... Uh, no, I try not to read as much as possible. That's, that's why you, you were successful the very first time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. All the rules and all the suggestions I gave to everybody, I'm just like, no, I'm not going to follow them because I know better. Uh, you, can, uh, you can put a beehive wherever, but it does kind of matter where you place it and which way it faces, right? Uh mainly for the heat and the sun. So if you are in Canada, you want that hive to get as much heat and sun exposure as possible because it's a terrible country. Uh, <laughs> but if you're in, say, Australia, you want to have it shaded as much as possible because they'll cook to death. 
um, just easier on it depending on your climate. But yeah, they, it needs to be in the sun. Bees can only fly in the sun, period. What do you mean? They don't, they don't, there's a cool video out there of a dude testing the ability for a bee to fly in the dark. So he has a plastic box, clear plastic box. The bees are all flying in it and he turns the lights off in the room, but you can still see the bees and they literally drop out of the sky like a brick. They just hit the ground. They cannot orientate and they cannot fly. So they just pull shoot. They're like, bug it. Ah, yeah. Yeah. More. Suicide right to the ground. This goose. Wow. It. Is that why they seem so drowsy in the twilight, like in the early morning and then the late out or early evening? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I think I've... it might be more temperature. Oh, maybe that's it. Like we, there was one out on the sidewalk. Uh, it was a honeybee out on the sidewalk and it was just like moving. So it seemed fine otherwise, but it was moving real slow. And I've seen that before where they'll just like sit and do shit all. And yeah, maybe it is temperature. It never really occurred to me, but it was always early morning or early evening. Yeah. So they get, they got caught out away from their hive and then they, they had to spend the night by themselves. Would they survive that? If it's not too cold, they can. Yeah. Huh. Well. Scott, you said it was a honeybee, but as you've told us, it very well could have been a bumblebee or a bird. Oh, no, because I just learned what it is. Yeah, (laughs) thanks to Wikipedia, which I probably should have been to ages ago about bees, I I was able to identify that that bee that I saw yesterday. So it was a bumblebee then? Yeah, it was a bumblebee. Yeah. It was a wasp. Is is the actual <laughs> truth of it? It's a fucking wasp. It's a dragonfly. <laughs> yeah, he's holding a cat up. Is this a bee? Whoever would say that uh, making money off bees is going to be easy, or that you can make honey and make money off that, is wrong. That is that is not something that happens. The <laughs> the only thing that bees do is they make honey, and you can sell the honey, which then you have to put a hundred percent of it back into them to keep them alive for the next year so they they might possibly be close to self-sustaining financially well no you said that you can if you breed queens you could sell queens yeah if you know what you're doing and you're Ah. good at it and you can (laughs) i see you turn something into a business venture right yeah so it's me um i am i am attempting to do my own thing to try to make it so that there's a little bit of income to support my hobby so it's not a complete loss every year. But so are you are you selling queens or are you selling your honey? I'm gonna sell well, currently I sell honey and I only sell the honey to supplement the sugar cost in the fall because you go through like a thousand pounds of sugar. Wouldn't you which, just give them their own honey back? You can, yes, but yeah, that it sounds seems, stupid. That this, seems cheaper. Yeah, it uh it's actually cheaper to sell the honey because you make more money off the honey than you would not doing it. Yeah, I guess. Okay. So you can, you can come ahead, but um, I'm going to be selling bees and the, the nucleus colonies. Cause that's the, uh, that's from what I've been finding is the best way for me to be able to make this a, a venture. Huh. Interesting. And then the other thing you were saying, Matt, is that your boxes, like they're just pine, like they're not pressure treated. You have to paint them, and so they weather really easily. And you, what did you just tell tell us what you just made that I didn't I even made, know you could fucking do? I made a uh, uh, a giant wood deep fryer 
a, a paraffin dipping tank for wax dipping woodware for bees. Matt welded a pressure treating machine. Wow. Yeah. Together. So it's a it's basically a giant uh, vat of hot wax that you boil and you submerge the woodware in there for 10 minutes or so and it displaces all the water out of it and sucks in wax and it'll in essence naturally pressure treat the wood where normal pine box painted will last well my painted stuff is already after four years some of that stuff needs to be repainted which is irritating as fuck yeah i saw them stacked up in your garage this year that seems like a lot of painting yeah so i just wax dipped all those in two hours so it took an awful lot of work to get it to that point but it's much faster and that those lids and, and boxes can theoretically last for 20 years in the elements. Uh, and all they just need to be is re-dipped again after 20 years. I think you might have just found your viable bee business treating boxes for people. Treating, yeah. And that's the other thing is that you can, uh, you can deep fry the wood and so you can clean it, hygienically clean it. So you can get rid of any bugs like viruses, I guess anything that would be bad in the woodware would it do anything for the mite problem we were talking about earlier no because the mites don't live in the wood or or they don't they don't care about the box they live on the bees themselves so but yeah the uh the wax defrying thing was that was pretty fun to start out it's a crazy big expensive project to start but it's it'll be neat now where do you get wax from for that uh because we live in canada you can't just go to one of the multiple wax providers that's in the States well, without buying a pallet full. So I had to get it from our local bee store. He brings it in by the pallet. Oh. You pay him, pay him a bunch of money and don't have to worry about importing it. Hmm. But, but if I was American, it would be much, much simpler. Just call one of the many companies up and get a lift put in your truck. Yeah, but then when you go get to get go to get your uh, fifty-two bee stings treated, it costs you three hundred thousand dollars. That's right. Yeah, yeah. When I finally go into anaphylactic shock from having one too many stings on my thigh, <laughs> you have to remortgage your house. Yeah, so there's that. It's crazy. Like it's a yeah, big. You welded a giant like frying tank. A tank. It's like a yeah that you boil wood in. It's insane. I tell you, he's got swarms of talent. Ah! <laughs> uh, uh, oh you're just a wannabe uh, no <laughs> shit uh okay matt and scott even though you don't know anything about bees i put together a couple <laughs> trivia questions true or false and see if you know them okay the catch is i color-coded which ones are true and which ones are false and then i printed in black and white so i don't actually know <laughs> oh, okay so, Scott, whatever the I answer know, is, you're right. I think I know. Okay, true or false? Bees communicate. Hey, do, hey, what? Do you got a plan B? Oh, 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 oh shit. <laughs> oh, I'm losing. Uh, Damn it. Okay. Uh, bees communicate through chemical sense. True or false? Bep, bep, bep. True. Matt? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they also communicate through special bee dances. Yes, definitely. Butt waggle. Yep. What was it their butt? I thought it was their wings. I don't know. Maybe it's their wings too. I, it's their waggle dance is what they call it. 
Do they dance as well as Beyonce? Mm, no. I think yeah. they prefer Sting. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, yes. Why wasn't it Sting? Uh, you forgot about the Bee Gees. <laughs> I watched um, I watched this show the other night about um, the, these guys that were like doing a, a, they're biologists and they were going up to the top of this plateau in South America on the way up to it um, there are these bees that live in these like hives hanging off the side of the, the mountain like these huge bundles of bees and they use their wings to like shimmer the whole hive to scare away predators that's why i was wondering if the bee dance was with its wings it was crazy i'll see if i can find a gif of it and send it to you guys after that's cool yeah those are uh those are pretty neat colonies when you see them doing their flash or whatever it is to scare you away yeah what's neat yeah yeah it is pretty cool okay next question bees are the only insect in the world that make food that humans can eat true is it it's true oh absolutely it's true yeah yeah um bears will go after a beehive for the honey true kind of not really they they like the honey but what they're after is the larva really oh i thought that would have been sugar addicts yeah no they go in for the larva but so wait all the years of listening to winnie the pooh and his honey bucket is wrong yeah he was aborting baby bees I think we need to reinvent Winnie the Pooh where he's just sloughing larva in his mouth and kids will love it. Yeah. Uh, he could just line them up on a table and just do a rail of little larvae. <laughs> Snorting larva. <laughs> Unreal. Uh, okay. Honey was found in the tombs in Egypt and it was still edible. False. True. True. Shit. I think you just went through all the facts and you found only true facts. I uh, know the, the, the bear one was false. This definitely is, sounds like something that comes after you search interesting B facts. For great Don't one. search that. You'll get all the answers. <laughs> um, okay. Um, the beekeeper will harvest all the honey made by the bees. Yes. Nope. No. False. Only the extra honey. Except for Matt, he starts his bees. Matt is a this, this one's for Scott yeah. to see if he was listening. Uh, when a... Um, how much? Nope. It's true or false. Okay, a beehive can make more than 100 pounds of extra honey. Oh, n- n- no. Definitely not. Yeah. False. Incorrect. Ugh. Matt literally said earlier, one to 200 pounds. <laughs> you weren't listening. <laughs> No. Okay, here's one for Scott to see if you were listening to your own question. The flower from which the nectar was gathered determines the color and flavor of the honey. Oh, that's true. Yes. Yeah. Okay, and then the last one is just a question for Matt. It's not trivia. If you could be any type of bee, what bee would you be? Would you be a capital B or a lowercase b? There's a pun here. I'm not hearing it. No, it's just a stupid question. <laughs> I, I want to be a want to be a capital B. Okay. Okay. That's 
I, I feel like I, I missed the lead up to a question. Nope. Yeah, I feel like like Darren writes down the answer to that, and then later we find out that I don't know you like hate your mother or something. I wish I had done something like that. Yeah. Now at the time I was like, "This is funny." And yeah, listen, listen, listen to the laughter. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be one of those things you might want to edit out. <laughs> are you uh, are you ever interested in trying any mead, Mister Northcott? So. Fun fact. I won. Not a fun fact. It was a freaking question. Okay, well, I'm answering your question. Okay. With a fun fact. Uh, I once made mead. I bought a okay. bunch of honey. And then I turned it into mead. I didn't know that. That is a fun fact. It was. Um, What'd you think it, of it? It was okay. Um, there was a point. Now, I don't know if I just left it too long or not long enough. But, like, you could drink it. And you were fine. And then you stood up and the world around you changed. Was it like a hundred percent alcohol? Yeah. Don't think it wasn't 0% alcohol. Um, so I definitely made it wrong. Uh, that said, uh, my mom actually brought us some mead from Kelowna and it's, it's not bad. Uh, but you don't want, like, fuck, if you got drunk on that, you'd want to kill yourself the next day. I don't know how the Vikings did it, because they I could kill not... each other the next day. They didn't yeah, kill themselves. They were themselves. sailing around, like, raping people. They were just furious all the time. With their the hangover. worst hangover. hangover. Yeah. yeah. I would try it again, though, if you have extra honey. I, would, I think we should uh, try making mead one episode, see what happens. I, uh, so I've never even had mead. And the only reason that it sounds interesting is because I have this excess of honey sitting around my house. But I, I, I've heard so many tales like what you just said, where it's like, you know, it's okay, but it's never like, oh shit, you got to try this stuff. This was the best. Well, so we'll just make I just, it the best. I mean, that's yeah. easy. I have a, a friend, Corey, that makes mead very regularly at, at his place. And, uh, He's made like different varieties. Like some of them are like cherry, um, but most commonly they're they're like a a sweet, pretty carbonated mead that he makes, and they're they're good. They're they're like um, they're a little bit like the the ones that he makes are a little bit like champagne, but they but they taste like a soda. They're they're terrific, and they're not that yeah. alcoholic. Oh, they're not that alcoholic. No, no, they're not that strong. Lame. Next, yeah. What. What's what's the point in drinking if you're not going to get licked? <laughs> yeah, you so, should try so, this. You should try the recipe I did. The the ones with fruit added to them tend to be strong. That though of the ones that he's given us anyway. So is that would that be okay. extra sugar in there? Maybe yeah yeah maybe the fermentation of fruit is just makes for stronger booze. I'm not sure, but well you have to uh, you'll have to ask him because I'd be I'd be interested to see like just kind of roughly what he does if it's a, like a kit he buys or if it's he yeah, does his own concoction. Kit. Yeah, it was a it was a kid he bought years ago. And uh, if you want, Matt, I can I can put you in touch with him. His name's Corey. He's a great guy, and um, he will talk your ear off about how to make mead. And he's pretty good at it. So. That's that's good. I'll just filter all that right through you, so I don't have to lose my ears to <laughs> you. You just you just give me the Coles notes of what I need to do, and yeah. I'll I'll work from there. I I find it funny that I've never tried mead and the number of people that ask me if I make it is actually 
quite alarming. I'm like, is this all anybody thinks when they have a, a supply of honey is you make mead with it? Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's such a funny thing because of like the, it, it, who it's associated with makes you think it's going to be like this, like heavy, crazy clanking glasses together stuff. And then it's actually like pretty light and pretty fuzzy and very sweet. Like you'd never guess that it was the drink of choice of marauders. Wasn't anything they drank back then was simply in order to not die from drinking the tainted water? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because if you wanted to boil all your water safely, you'd have to empty a forest a year. Yeah. When I did the mead thing, I like I didn't use a kit, clearly. Uh, it was, I'm pretty sure it was just like, I needed a couple things from like the wine store for the the uh, yeast and the whatever else. But it was uh, it was fucking just like honey and I don't know. I want to say like apple juice and uh, you boil it and then you ferment it and that's in sugar, obviously a little more sugar, I think. And then you 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 to add more sugar outside of honey and apple juice. Well, that's yes. the thing. I made cider. No, no made... wonder why it was like a thousand proof. It was pure <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> yeah. I made cider and I made mead, and they were both equally good. <laughs> and I can't remember what I did to which one. I, I I made them because I didn't have to go buy anything except for like the activation stuff. Oh yeah. Hmm. My uh, grandpa used to make white wine and when the kits they come with the the white grape juice or the clear grape juice and then they get like a concentrate after where you sweeten it up so you can add at the end after the alcohol is eaten all the sugar you're left over with like a really dry white wine and if you want to sweeten it up you just add sugar at the end kind of after everything is is done cooking oh interesting do you remember doing any of that like adding sugar after the fact or uh maybe i think i added sugar to my cider but not to the mead it sounds like maybe you tested this mead and then completed work on it by by (laughs) recollection that's exactly probably what happened um anyway i'm interested to try it again i think we should do it um would you recommend beekeeping to people absolutely yeah um why is it with the exception other than the honey obviously no the honey is for for me it's not the honey it's the it's having something like that that you can nurture and grow and it's a i don't know it's it's just something that i find rewarding and it's it's neat to see once you once you find out what they do inside the hive and you learn to look for stuff you can like, oh, this is happening today. Oh, this is what is going to happen in 10 days. And oh, if I do this now, then I'll have, you know, I'll, it's it's just more the manipulation, I guess. The honey is neat. And when I first got it, I thought it was cool. But after you get, was it my first extraction was, I got like three gallons of honey. And I had more honey than I knew what to fucking do with. And it's like, I might, before this, I might have used a tablespoon of honey a year. Like it just wasn't in my palate. Right. And so now it just, it sits around and I have like quite literally jugs of it. You make sauces so, and all sorts of stuff with honey, right? Yeah. I'm not that much of a cook. So I'm, I, I suppose you totally could and should. I just, I don't. Use now it for, you, for you, honeys and teas. That's the majority of it. 
and you hot also gave, gave me a tip because if you don't go through your honey, like you got your jug of honey or your jar or your tub or whatever, and then it, yeah. it'll crystallize. You just uh, warm it back up in warm water or put it on the stove in a pot of hot water. and Just like a baby bottle. And, yeah, you just get her warm. Like if you can touch the water with your hand and it's not doesn't burn you, then it's perfect. Okay. Hmm. So just hot water will completely liquefy it again. And, I did that uh, wrong today. I definitely boiled that honey. Well, it doesn't do anything. So honey that's been boiled is... <laughs> just turns into uh, something similar to rhubarb leaves and oh, dead. So natural honey that's unpasteurized will crystallize, period. It will. It's just a matter of how long. So if it's going to stay liquid in its entire life forever, that basically means it's been pasteurized and you've killed everything that's good inside of it. So oh. if if you have honey that... Wait, are you saying that I've been pasteurized? Uh, you've had everything die in you a long time, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's been pasteurized. <laughs> I think we've oh, all been pasteurized. Yeah, Scott, you missed it. Uh, because you relate to the, the meeting today, you are you are now the next casualty on the spring trip. Oh, no. And uh, your bones are going to be found in the forest. Oh, oh, lay me to rest with sweet Alan. <laughs> I've forgotten about Alan already. <laughs> Who? The what? Alan? Well, Matt, you've given us swarms of information. (laughs) You use swarms already. Uh, Well, before we buzz off. Yeah, there you go. um, What did we learn today? Uh, Crawling bees up your legs sucks. That's what that's what I learned. Yeah, I learned that Matt lets bees fornicate in his pant legs. They do, yeah. We're gonna do this again because Matt didn't read the text. I can't read the text. I'm on. Oh. Scott read it. Okay, <laughs> uh. I'm trying. Let's try it again. So, uh, what did we learn today? Well, I I learned that Matt likes to let bees fornicate in his pant leg. Uh, I learned that Scott thinks bumblebees make honey. Uh, and and I learned that I like bee puns, and I cannot lie. <laughs> this is terrible, dude. That was like a. a that was, did you see the layers of an of that one? Like an onion. Like an onion. Yeah, just like, like a bee, like a bunion. Nope, a that's bunion. That's wrong. Yep. Well, this is the uh, the best uh, episode of the muttering pines we've ever had. It's like a mumblebee. Oh, oh he might be the winner tonight. Well, that's fantastic. On that note, uh, thanks for listening, nobody. <laughs> All right. Good night, nobody. Good night. Good night, nobody. Hey, nobody. Don't forget to stalk us on YouTube, Instagram, and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The information and opinions within this broadcast are those solely of three guys who barely know how to tie their shoes, let alone do anything functional in the real world. They are not to be taken as advice or as actual instruction on how to do anything we've mentioned ever. That is the end of this disclaimer.